So today's guest, special guest, Steve Hogan, CEO of Florida Citrus Sports. I say special because it's hard to get you on the phone, my man. So thank you for joining me. Happy to do it. So, all right, let's jump right into this. So just, you know, tell the world about who Florida Citrus Sports is, how you guys operate. What's the back end of this? I know people are familiar with the bowl games and and um, Campers World Stadium and Florida Citrus Bowl and all that. But, you know, tell them a little bit about your organization. You know, we started uh, one of the actually traditional bowl games, quote, unquote, uh, which probably just means we're we're older, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> and our so our New Year's Day game, you know, it's been around since uh, 1947, and and there's really only six games, I believe, that are that old. So, uh, you know, we we were founded like a lot of the games back in the day was a fundraiser. Um, you know, the Rose Bowl obviously was in existence, Sugar Orange, and uh, some of the traditional spots, and we were there closely thereafter with uh, what was the Tangerine Bowl, and. So, you know, being a fundraiser of the Elks Club, it evolved and the business community grew it and ultimately became too large for a service organization to manage and the community kind of formed an association which became today's Florida Citrus Sports. And so still today, that's our cornerstone project, but we really evolved a lot over the years and and still having a signature event and adding a bowl game to it, today's Camping World Bowl in the past had many names, recently the Russell Athletic Bowl, an ACC and Big 12 feature game on ESPN. We added that about, oh, God, 12, 13 years ago, and it's been tremendous to have two bowls, one of the few organizations doing two bowl games. And we're unique. You know, over the years, there's not been an NFL tenant in Orlando, uh, today a top 18 market, and it's always been a vibrant tourism market, especially over the last 50 years with Disney, as you well know, Rob, and that that kind of opened the door for us. Uh, UCF grew a little bit in the stadium, and, and they, aren't, they weren't necessarily then what they are today and built an on-campus stadium. So we're, we became the primary tenant of what is today Camping World Stadium, a 65,000-seat NFL-grade, if you will, facility. And our job was still to drive economic impact, put heads in beds, turn on TV sets, and we do that through events and events in, in the stadium. So we – we feel like there's a piece of business there that'll meet that mission, we'll book it and we'll take risk. We're anchored in college football. That's our lifeblood. But at the end of the day, you know, bringing the NFL Pro Bowl last year, doing neutral site games like Florida State and Ole Miss to kick off the season last year. Uh, we, we hosted NFL, I mean, Olympic soccer in 96. We're the host organization for that. We're hosting an ICC match uh, with two uh, major uh, world powers in soccer uh, this uh, this month, which will be Paris Saint-Germain and and uh, Tottenham Hotspur from the EPL. So, uh, you know, if we think it can drive tourism, turn on, you know, television sets worldwide, drive revenue, we'll take some risk, we'll book it. So we're an event organization that kind of calls Camping World Stadium its home. And if you can put a jersey over that and call it some sort of a logoed home team, that'd be us. <laughs> Well, that was perfect, actually. Yeah. Now I now I really understand what you guys do. <laughs> All right. So I want to take a, a step further back and talk a little bit about how you got started in, in the sports industry. And despite the fact that Sam Stark, will, our dear friend, will try to take credit for everything, you know, in hiring you. So <laughs> back in the day. But how, how did you get started? 
I'll certainly give Sam credit, so you know, I'm not going <laughs> to dispute it. <laughs> Sam's a great guy, a good mutual friend. And, you know, look, we uh, I was just, I found myself in a place in business. I was like any, you know, kid probably coming out of college or a lot of kids back then for sure that maybe outside of the law or uh, or the medical field didn't really know what I was going to do. You know, I was a, I was a advertising public relations major and journal, journalism track and and I just kind of got out to the end of my career and said, I got to find a job. And, and so usually that's in sales, right? You do what you can do to, to, to make a buck and get hired. And so I started to sell uh, cellular phones for McCall Communications and was handling business accounts in, in Florida. And from there, I did that a couple of years and found my way over to the newspaper business, believe it or not. New York Times owned about eight papers in, in Florida. And I worked at one of those and branched out from there selling advertising. And I just, I got up in the morning just not liking what I'm doing. I hated, hated it. You know, I just kind of hated the field, felt like it was going nowhere. And there's no way to succeed. I can tell you no matter what it is, sports or otherwise, you got to kind of love what you're doing. And and it, it, it's not about the money. If you just love and are passionate about what you're doing, sometimes it could just be, you know, really what you get to do every day. It doesn't really matter what the product is. You know, sports is a widget like anything else. It could have been in, you know, in, in the medical field, could have been in, in manufacturing. If you like your discipline, for some people it's numbers and finance or marketing and advertising, being creative. You know, I think that's really the, the thing that's important is to drive your, your inspiration every day in whatever company you're working for and you can find happiness. And I just wasn't happy. So, I, you know, I was fortunate enough that my family had an acquaintance, Carol Monroe, who was a longtime staff member at Ben Florida Super Sports. She started a couple of years after Chuck Rowe, our longtime executive director. She had been there, you know, when she retired last year. I think it was 33 years. So she had had a long career, but she knew some my aunt on my mother's side and said, hey, maybe, you know, we have an event position open. Maybe Steve should interview for that. And lo and behold, you know, Chuck and Sam and Carol, they brought me in, and, and I got the job. So, you know, it was, it was a pay cut at the time and went backwards, but I, I could care less. You know, to me, it was like, wow, you know, I get this opportunity to be around sports, which I love, and, and be in a different atmosphere. And the culture of college athletics just, you know, to me was exciting. And you know, the rest is history. That was in 1995 and my first crack at it, and I never looked back. And I was just happy every day coming to work. I mean, before I got married, I'd be there. You know, it was, always, it was never very early, but I'd get there and I'd leave at 9 or 10 o'clock at night just because I love being there and doing it. And so I think that has a lot to do with, with success. So even even though you didn't, you know, you're, you had the connection, the family connection got you to, got you to meeting. I talk a lot about it's one thing to get a job in sports. It's another one to keep it. You know, it's a whole different level just to try to keep that job or move up and stay in the industry for 20-plus years like you have. They wouldn't have hired you if you didn't have certain skill sets, right? They got you to meeting. You went in, and I know Chuck Rowe pretty well, and he he, he would have dismissed you in five minutes, right, old Chuck? Yeah, he doesn't um, mess around. <laughs> he doesn't mess around. But do you feel like you brought skill sets from understanding the sales process and prospecting and customer service and closing deals that you learned from cell phone sales and you know selling advertisement in, in newspapers? Oh, no question, Rob. You know, I think, you know, I say it all the time, I think you're spot on. I mean, relationships are critically important for a variety of reasons, yeah. you know, especially in sports. I think you never know where somebody's going to be next, what job they're going to be in, how you could be working for somebody 
today and and get an opportunity to hire them 10 years from now. I mean, it's just your relationships you build, the connections you make, even, you know, in my case, a personal one, family one, got me an opportunity to, to, to make my case. That's all it did, and, and I made my case. And as you suggest, you know, I you know when I got there, I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to run sports. Sporting events can be great. Uh, you know, day one, I sit down, and, and they hand me a folder and go, we need somebody to run our parade. You know, we need somebody to run our parade. <laughs> And manage our we do we did some meetings every year that that those days between the, the football basketball coaches and the athletic directors from the SEC and the Big Ten and we would do those combined every year and I ran that in the parade and and I you know I was like whoa parade I thought I was coming here to do football <laughs> but you know I I applied my skills you know sales had the opportunity to run business unit I think they had a lot of respect for getting somebody that was already five years in business I wasn't just an intern out of school. That's what they liked about it. So I took that unit over, tripled its revenue in year one, you know, tripled the national broadcast reach in, in year one. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I was running year two. I'm running, you know, college football games and doing Dolphins, Bucks and Bucks, Jets. And, and uh, you know, Sam was there one year. He left. I became the director of events. And, you know, it wasn't but a couple of years after that, Chuck had me a part of our television negotiations and pretty much anything that we were doing, Chuck put in my lap and, and said, hey, let's let's figure out the business case for this, see if it makes sense before we pull the trigger. And, and you know, that really led in, uh, to my opportunity to compete for that job when Chuck retired and ultimately when Tom Mickle passed away. So I think you're you're exactly right. Relationships will take you so far. And then you got to perform. you got to have the skill set to perform. If you enjoy what you're doing, I think you'll you'll be successful. So you got kids that you know, kids right out of UCF or God knows, you know, where that wants to live in you know Central Florida and Orlando market, and you know, I'm sure you got a lot of people knocking on your door that that been out in the marketplace for a while that wants to turn to sports. What are the skill sets that today are much different than 20? Well, not probably not that much different, but you know, as as kind of the technology or how people consume you know, information is out there and is very important in, in how you're marketing and promoting, you know, your parades and your games. How, what skill sets do you specifically look for? And I know you're probably not talking to somebody walking off the street, but maybe a mid-level executive that you're coming in that wants to work for you guys. What are those skill sets that you're looking for? You know, you're just looking for somebody who's smart, who's hungry, wants to work hard, be a part of the team, fits into the culture of your office. Those are the things that are important. And, you know, again, I mean, if I'm hiring a, a finance uh, person or a controller mm-hmm. or, or account, you know, purchase, you know, I, of course that's a skill set. But you're yeah. still looking for some of those other characteristics in terms of their ability to assimilate into that kind of college culture, that teamwork, small office, kind of all hands on deck, you know, on event days. You still need those those people who, who view the world that way. It's okay to be ambitious and, you know, nobody's looking to have an interview and at the end of the interview person saying, look, in two years I want to be running this or that or I should already be the, you know, the, the COO and, and, you know, whoa, 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 you know, come in and let's perform. So, I, you know, a lot of times today, I, mean, I think you have a lot of people that come in. It's great to be ambitious and say I see a future for myself. I'm looking for a company to help me, you know, really matriculate through the system and improve. That's great. But, I mean, there are so many people that they expect to come in and day one be – be some title, you know. So I think you're really just looking for somebody who's hungry, talented, smart, and, you know, has a passion 
for being uh, in the in the space, being in your in your office environment, and they'll be successful. We'll use them. I'll take that any day over somebody who comes to me already. Hey, I got this MBA and you know in sports management, you know, and, and doesn't have all the other characteristics we're looking for. I'll take I'll take the prior, you know. So, you know, to me, that that's what's important. And and I think you touched on another piece of it when you talk about where sports was a few years ago or even 10, 20 years ago. You know, a lot of times it was a place where folks that had played sports, um, maybe prior coaches or ADs, you know, this was a landing spot and you'd work in sports somewhere, some way. And that's okay, right? It's just, I think today it's, it, people realize it's really a business. It's a business like any other office. You know, none of us are suiting up <laughs> on the weekend. We're, we're running a business and, and you got to run it that way. And, and you need talent at all those positions to look at this as, as a product. And and I think you know we're not coaching like I said we're not training we're not playing but you know we're we're really kind of like anything else and so I think today that to play in this digital age to play in the technol in the technology age we probably had 20 or 30 hours of meetings at least in, in, in just in the last month or so on a lot of the technological decisions we're making for this season for ourselves that that not only for this year but how will they play out over the next. 24 months and how are we going to implement them you know there's so much money that can be wasted um you know and, and we'd very much rather make the right decisions and invest and i think there's a lot of talent coming up through the the collegiate ranks and graduating and have graduate degrees and have a real knack and a real talent for trying to understand how technology plays a role in our industry in particular in, in helping your company succeed in the future, and I think that's going to be the, those people are going to be sought after in a big, big way. Um, you know, and you can go on and on and on, but again, I think it's a business. It, we're not playing, we're not coaching, and you're looking for people that want to be a part of a team in a positive way, and, and they're, they're on our they're on our roster immediately. So what what's what's that advice that you would give then? You know, to that kid that just graduated with his MBA or that, you know, that person coming in as a young um, professional, uh, what's that advice that you're, you're going to, you would tell them, you know, what would you tell the 20 year old version of yourself? You know, I would tell them, I I would go back to 19, you know, and say, (laughs) Steve, if you're still in school, you better be getting internships. You better be volunteering. You better, if this is what you want to do, you got to get out there and start building your, your network. You got to build your relationships and you got to know people face to face. And and again, if there's not an internship for you, say, look, I, can I at least volunteer? Can I get a few hours? Can I be there on event day? Can I shadow you? I just need mm-hmm. to, to get some experience. I'm willing to work at it. And then, mm-hmm. and then build that relationship, get to know the people there. So I think it's, while I'm still in school, I would have spent a lot of time getting those opportunities and building my knowledge base and my resume. From there, you know, I think you really got to work your relationships when you graduate. And then you got to, you got to work hard at these interviews. You can't just, you're not just going to spit a bunch of resumes out and think people are going to get to them. It just doesn't work that way. You know, you've got to work it to get in the door. I mean, nobody has time to look at a thousand resumes on some sort of job posting. We all are, all of us that are hiring people these days are going to lean on relationships and say, who do you know? How do I shorten my list? And usually you're going to get hundreds of resumes just through a simple inquiry that way through your base that, that you're going to pare down from there. It's much better than, you know, kind of using placement sites anymore these days, I'd hate to say. But so I think you got to get out and work it is what I'd tell 
that person that's graduating. And then when you get that opportunity, you know, again, make sure you love it. Don't get into this because you play fantasy football or you're, you know, you just love sports and it's your passion in life and you're a fan. That's not going to get you anywhere. You know, you got to do it because you love the environment. You like the culture of that office environment. You're willing to, you know, and unfortunately it's competitive. You're not going to make as much on the front end. So you, you're, you know, you've you got to get in and look at the long haul and be ready to move where your career takes you. Right. Be patient, right? I tell them all the time, I just, just be patient, you know, be patient. It's going to happen. And once you start counting dollars to hours worked, it's over. Go do something else, you know? So <laughs> that math will never work out. <laughs> never. I don't know how. I'm still trying to figure it out. Never. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's Steve, it's great advice. It's, it's, you're spot on about that. And, you know, so. I think anybody listening to this would, would definitely uh, appreciate that, especially if they're trying to figure it out. I mean, you, you hit everyone perfect. So let me, let's switch it, let's switch gears. And this is the last one I'm going to tee up for you, but so what's next? And I know you got a ton of stuff happening um, coming up um, possible, I guess the, the pro Bowl's coming back for another year, year or two years, but what do you have on your radar for your big things that you want to see happen there? Yeah, you know, like I said before, we got to have a stadium that's that's performing well, right? And and so mm-hmm. as a, as a primary tenant, whether we own an event and operate an event, or whether we're seeing other promoters come in and be successful, we got to have a schedule that excites people. So I, we're we're focused on not only our games and how we get better, how we're better at in, you know acquiring new customers, giving them the experience that they expect on game day, competing with the big boys in the NFL in terms of game day experience. We got a lot to do with our own events. Booking new events of our own, kickoff games in particular, well down the road, are really, really important. So we're focused on how do we how do we continue to compete there, book more kickoff games, 2020, 21, 22. We got to get our future schedule booked, and then we got to work continue to work closely with other promoters. Concerts for us are big. We just had Metallica here with like 50,000 people on a Wednesday night. Did Rolling Stones, Guns N' Roses in the last couple of years. So concerts are really, really important as part of that overall experience from a premium seat perspective and sponsorship perspective on the building in particular. So those are going well, but building relationships there and recruiting that future roster and going from one to two to three major concerts a year is important. International soccer, we had WWE here this year. We got the Pro Bowl back for year two. We've got to do a good job there and hopefully out of year three and see if this thing's a long-term solution. And hopefully NFL football in the building in some way, even if it's preseason. We did Dolphins-Falcons last year, so I really would like to find a relationship where we at least have preseason, if not a regular season at some point, on an annual basis. So that's kind of where our focus is. And, and then just as I said, you know, there's a ton of investment that's going to be needed in the fan experience. And, and what that means to people today you know, in two or three years is going to be something completely different. It goes far beyond food and beverage and parking. And uh, we're just trying to figure that out like everybody else with a lot smaller budget, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're making uh, lemonade out of lemons and you put a little Tito's vodka in there. Everything tastes a little bit better. That's exactly right. We're, we're going to have to <laughs> lean heavily on the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, people that want to reach out <clears throat> to whether it's buy the season passes, become members, how do they do that? FloridaCitrusSports.com, FCSports.com, 
go to the website. Obviously, our events publicly are, are sold through Ticketmaster as well. So you can go to either one, learn about us, and come get involved. You're the best. I appreciate your time, man. I know it's. Uh, I'm going to cut you loose, let you go back, hang out with your family, go make yourself a lemonade at Tito's. And, Steve, I'll, I'll see you next time I'm in town, and thanks for your time, buddy. Hey, I look forward to it, brother. Take care. See you now.